As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So what is the most important subject for a witch to study in high school? <laughs> I don't know. Spelling. <laughs> I should have had that one. <laughs> you should have. Good, <laughs> good. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm excited for tonight's show. Man. Oh, I know. I know. It, it's going to be a good one. Um, let's uh, knock this housekeeping out real quick, and then we can talk about it. want to thank Podbelly. Um, go to podbelly.com. We're proud to be members of the Podbelly Network. You can go on there and find some other shows that you might not run across, and they're all good shows, so go check them out, podbelly.com. Um, we are sponsorless this week because this is supposed to be a dark week, but we don't do two dark weeks in a row. Matt and I are uh, too obsessive, I guess, about the show coming out <laughs> that um, we don't want you to miss us too much with double dark weeks. So, yeah, I mean, when we when we set our schedule originally years ago, we weren't necessarily considering the months that have five weeks. Right, so. right. Right. And it, so, but we, we take care of that. Yeah. At a point though, you just have to kind of go, well, I'm, I'm too dumb to change our schedule. So it's just staying <laughs> where it's at and we'll deal with it another way. We'll call an audible. Um, but also this is, um, Halloween. So in a couple days, if you're listening to this, when it drops, um, Halloween will be in a couple days. So obviously we had to put out a show for Halloween Yep. Um, so that's why this show will be sponsorless. However, go back and support our sponsors, because if you support our sponsors with our codes and our links, that really helps support us in the long run because they come back and that's how we keep this show free. So if you can, you know, order something from one of our sponsors or try them out or something, that's a big help. And all the links and codes are in the show notes of that episode. So if you need a code, you don't catch it on the ad, 
go into the show notes and you can find the links and the codes there. Um, while you're on the internet, go to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and you can become a patron of the show, help support the show and you get little bonus items um, for d- depending on the tier that you choose one, five or $10 and $10 patrons get a weekly video version ad free of every show that we record. So they're watching us do this right now. And this is a good one that you'll want the video of as well, because I think this, this was a, was a cool episode to see the video of, um, but go over there. Oh, you yeah. can, you can sign up for one, five or 10 and get different bonus items, depending on which tier um, we're getting a lot of good responses for our Christmas episode, our holiday episode. We've already got a bunch of emails. So if you have a story, an encounter, anything like that, that's spooky or paranormal or weird, you know, don't think, well, I haven't had a, you know, I, I haven't teleported at all. So I don't have a valid story to send in. If you have anything weirdness, if you've been out hunting and heard some weird things, you know, Matt and I are very into the weird military stories. So yeah. if you have been deployed or you're at a base that supposedly has some hauntings or some weirdness, let us know. We we get quite a few interesting battlefield mysteries. Uh, yeah. And and those things are always amazing to us. So if you have any of those, send those in. But we we do this every year. It's become a tradition. So let's keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot of fun. And and Adam and I really enjoy hearing some of these these experiences, these stories, um, b- because not only are they uh, are they all unique and interesting, they're they're from our listeners mm-hmm. and it, it, it makes it even better. Absolutely. Um, so go over there. Um, you know, and, uh, the, our email address is in the show notes that you can find that, or it's graveyard tales podcast at gmail.com put Christmas 2021 holiday episode, 2021, something along those lines in the subject line. So we can find it easier when we're scrolling through the emails and we can, segment it properly so we can go back and get your story. Um, but Matt, that's all the housekeeping. It, it's enough housekeeping for this episode. Yeah. So tell us, Matt, this, I'm excited. This is an interesting show, something yeah. we kind of haven't done before. So, so what did, what did we do, Matt? So tonight, um, and, and we've always liked to do something a little out of the ordinary for the Halloween show. We've uh, we've done an interview with with my parents at my house at, at my uh, my uh, childhood house. Yep. Um, we've we've done interesting places and and things like that that you know we're we're fairly famous. We did the chindi. We did the chindi. Yeah. Um, but we haven't done anything like this, and so. Tonight is not so much an interview as it is kind of a just a hangout, uh, just to kind of chit chat about some things, namely horror movies, um, you know, good ones, bad ones, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
some we we get into some oddball things when we mm-hmm. talk about UFOs and, and whatnot. But our guest is uh, is is really what uh, what makes this show interesting and exciting. Uh, filmmaker Dennis Callow is joining us uh, tonight on this show. He is a filmmaker from Brooklyn, New York. He's been Brooklyn. making films since. <laughs> he's been making films since 2015 and his his first short film the weekend uh won 30 festival awards and 40 official selections so he's got uh, some awards man he he's got some chops you know mm-hmm. to put it put his first short film out there and for it to be recognized so heavily it's just fantastic um he he's also got a short film that he's made since then, uh, Death and Disco Fries, which I really enjoyed, and then uh, Lonely Hearts, which is fantastic. Lonely Hearts uh, was great. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's incredible. Um, and all of these are available. We'll be uh, providing links so that you can go and check out Dennis's film. Um, but he's going to join us tonight. Uh, we had a fantastic time talking with Dennis and just kind of shooting the bull. And like I said, we talk about everything from horror movies that inspired him to, you know, all of our favorites and, and different genres and different actors. And, and then we, we, we kind of go off the rails for a little bit and talk about all kinds of stuff. Right. Right. But it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and this was perfect for our Halloween show. I think so too. I think, um, Halloween, you think, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch some horror movies and stuff like that, and you know, let the let the kids come and trick or treat and stuff. So you could listen to this while trick or treating. That you know, yeah. just pop pop on the show and listen to it either while kids are coming and picking up candy from your house or while you're taking your kid around. But like Matt said, horror movies can't beat it for Halloween. So we've talked long enough, Matt. Let's get straight into that interview all right everybody here we are and and this is the interview that we were teasing to in the intro of this episode and we're super excited to have dennis with us so dennis why don't you give your bona fides or as the cultured people say your bona fides um to everybody and and let them know what what you do and and what you've been doing Sure. Um, well, first, I just want to thank you guys, uh, Adam and Matt. I, it, this is an honor. I mean, to be the Halloween guest is pretty huge, and I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, so I'm just grateful to you guys for inviting me on. Um, We're glad you're here, Dennis man. Callow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's very exciting. Really, really exciting. My name is Dennis Callow. I'm a director, a movie director, and photographer from New York City. And I've made uh, five short films now, and a, and a feature length documentary, and now I'm you know working on more things. So yeah, so that's that's what I do, and I'm a huge you know Graveyard Tales listener fan. Well, we we noticed you have you've won quite a few awards for your work, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The it was it was really funny because I started pretty late in life, a late bloomer, you know, and. Um, around 35 when I started making films. So I was doing photography for a while and I made this short called The Weekend, which was not horror, it was a drama. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was based on something that happened to me. And I was like, you know, really going for that kind of like prestige drama, prestige drama kind of thing. Um, but really it was just an honest story, you know? Um, so I did it and I was like, ah, you know, let's just release it. Let's not worry about festivals or anything. And my girlfriend at the time who was the lead in the film, she was like, no, we got to enter this into some festivals. So then it goes on this like two year, three year run of festivals. Man. And I won all these awards. And then my friends were like, you know, you should probably continue doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's confirmation that you should, I think, uh, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really one to say that, like, award, awards are are nice, but it's the work that you put out and consistently put out that is that is really what that's the reward in the end yeah. but it's it it just sort of justifies when someone hands you a piece of metal that they're like four people in a room said you're good and this is the representation of that yeah you know yeah. i mean it it makes it does it does validate you in some way to keep doing it sure. so i had so i got all these things that i got all, made all these awards and then i did like a total 180 and made a a, a romantic uh, uh comedy after that and then the third one was Lonely Hearts, which just blew the the floodgates open for me in terms of horror. Um, and that just started me on this path that I'm on now. Um, yeah, and it's been it's been quite a journey. <laughs> it's been quite a journey to get to this point, but I found my voice in horror and I just love the horror community so much. They're such a wonderful group of people. Mm-hmm. Really like very different than what I think people um, sort of maybe have th- have por- portrayed in their mind. Like they, sure, they yeah. might think that they're these dark brooding people with long straggly hair who sit in the dark and with candles. And yeah, we all, <laughs> we do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but there happens. are all these, yeah, that happens, but they're very wonderfully sympathetic people who have dealt with traumas and they're they they the audiences are so wonderful that I was like, this is how I this is the audience that I want to be giving my movies to, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're just a wonderful crowd of people. And after lo- after we did Lonely Hearts and it like went to all of these horror festivals and everyone instantly got it and got the references and got the the jokes. And really, they were like, you got to keep doing this. I want to see your next film and I want to see the film after that. And I want to see the film after that. I was like, this is the, this is my home. This is where yep. I belong. So, you know, just kind of said, all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's do that. So, yeah. <laughs> so when, when I watched Lonely Hearts, I immediately sent it to Amanda and I was like, you, you have to, you have to watch this. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as you get a chance, you have to watch it. And then I was so excited then when she got home, I just told her everything. <laughs> I was like, you can, you can still watch it. Yeah. It won't ruin it, while, but here's what while happened. While I'm watching it, okay, while I'm watching it, my son is is in the room, and he's 12, and he's like, what are you watching? And so I'm I'm telling him what I'm watching, and he's getting tickled um, hearing me tell about it. I was like, well, come on. Let's finish it. Let's let, Come on. I was like, we're still watching it. We got about 10 minutes left. Let's go. And, uh, and yeah, we both we both loved it. Oh, and that's great. I'm so glad. What, what I what what I was really amazed by is that your ability to to create characters in a short form that mm. the audience can relate to 
I mean, because you you really you really kind of feel what she's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody has been at that point in their life, and so you really start to feel it. And you're you're not talking about a, a character that it's taken thirty five minutes mm-hmm. to lay out and build this, you know, all this framework for this character. You're you're talking about three four minutes, and you you've already kind of gotten that the the audience is already beginning to relate and. You, you can you can move the story on. So that's what, what amazed what? me about the shorts. Uh, like you were saying, how quickly you're able to develop that character and and make it relatable. Because most of these movies that are coming out now, you watch them, and after an hour of watching it, you still don't know who the heck that one person is or or why they're even in the story. Mm-hmm. And you made. Uh, all of your shorts you have made relatable characters come to life quickly and that that one of the things i really appreciate about your directing and your movies is exactly like matt said you get it you understand the person real quick oh thank you so much like that means so much to me because characters are so important to me and a lot of that is the ability of the actor. So Bethany, who's my girlfriend, who plays the lead uh, Celeste in Lonely Hearts, she created that character and really understood her, you know, uh, to a point where she had a diary, um, created a whole backstory, you know, so so much of the credit goes to her and and we bo- and both of us sort of understanding the story that we wanted to mm-hmm. tell. But I love this is why I love short form content or movies, because um, you have to be really concise, you know, and quick and hook people in with uh, emotion very, very quickly, which is why I love I really love the new um, creep show. I don't know if you guys have been watching it on Shudder. It's great, but they're all short form. They're like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Each 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 each, there's like two episodes in one um in one or two two uh two stories in one episode yeah so i think they're like 15 to 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes each but they're like little short films you know mm-hmm. and and you have and you start and you you have to tell the story quickly and i love that and um i mean i'm just i'm so happy it came across <laughs> in, in all of oh, them yeah it was it was fantastic and and I, honestly when i watched um uh, death and disco fries. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I I thought well this this is really this is really going to be be funny, uh-huh. and, and it is. I mean uh-huh. it real it really is. Um, and I can't remember the line. The, I love the line where he he's he's saying all the different terms for death, and you're like, I haven't heard that one. I yeah. love because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what I would have said. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard yeah. that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, and by the end of that, I, I, I really felt, I was like, oh man, you know, here I am, uh-huh. you know, 15 minutes and I'm, and all of a sudden I feel myself like being emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, attached to what's going on with this character. And I was like, it's a 15 minute, it's, yeah. you know, I've, I've watched, I've, I've watched longer videos about, you yeah. know, auto maintenance, yep. you know, and, <laughs> and yep. I'm like, this is great. 
And you, you got know, really it, attached it really to that is. muffler in that one, you know. <laughs> 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 That one that you watched a few went days ago. I was like, man, I'm shedding a tear about this spark plug. (laughs) (laughs) That explains why we've got a bill on the show account for a muffler. I was wondering what what that was for. That's right. I had to put a new clutch in my truck. (laughs) Well, you know, Death and Disco Fries was the one that, um, that, that sort of made me understand that I wanted to do comedy more than anything, but comedy with some emotional weight to it, you know? Um, and I think that's why I gravitated to horror because horror, you can do anything. Yep. Yeah. You could do it sad. You could do it smart, smart, all horror smart. <laughs> you could do it sad. You could do it uh prestige. You could do it campy. You could mm-hmm. do it tongue in cheek, but where it lies for me is the comedy in horror because you can have so much fun with it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to spoil too much about Lonely Hearts. If anyone wants to watch it, they could go to my website, uh, DennisCallow.com. It's there. It's also on Vimeo for free. Everything's for free. All I'll these put a movies link that to it about. in the description of this episode. So Great. Um, so, you know, but with, with comedy and horror, you just get to do so much because you get to take these sort of absurd things like vampires serial killers and find the and find the humor in it yeah. you know yeah. yep. and that's the cha- it's challenging but it's also so much fun because it with lonely hearts like i said i don't want to spoil too much but with lonely hearts it was i was like i hope people get this yeah <laughs> you know yep. and so when we brought it to the horror crowd the laughs th- that happen when they when they start to get into it you know um it's 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 awesome but death and disco fries was kind of like that i was going into darker territory i was like okay i'm gonna make a comedy about death <laughs> you know yeah. and then the yeah. next one was naturally horror but yeah but i that's why i love horror comedy so much because there's just so much you can do with it yeah the humor um that, that's a great point because that was one of the things that as a kid drew me into horror movies is i've always been kind of a smart ass um you know like to joke and all that and it was it was a coping mechanism way back in the day I, I you know in middle school and high school i became the funny guy to cope but then it's just become something now where i i have to try to be serious and not make a joke at some points like i i am always wanting to make a joke and matt is kind of the same way and that that's what that's what we try to do with Graveyard Tales is we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, incubus, succubus, witch trials, whatever. But hell holes. Yeah. Hell holes. <laughs> um, but you've got to add some humor into it because I, I'm I don't know. I, I find it too cheesy when a movie, a podcast or whatever is like constant serious the whole time. And they're like. And then the guy walked into the back room and sliced her head off. And it's like, okay, that that's that's cool, but let, let's make the guy trip and fall on something while he's walking in there. Something right, yeah. more realistic, you know, yeah. not as brooding and and constantly serious because then I just start, I, I think about, this is not a word, but the pomposity, the pompousity of the person writing it where they took themselves that seriously. 
and yeah. it's got to have some humor in it. And I, I think that's why the natural evolution of Graveyard Tales was to, okay, Matt and I are smart Alex, so let's add that into the show. Yeah, and I also love what I love about your show and what you guys do is that you you do, you you flat out say we don't know everything, but this is but this is what we think. Mm-hmm. This is what this yeah. is the information. This is the this is the theory that we've come up with based on what we've researched. You know what I mean? And that's I love that. I love when folks take that approach to things. I don't know everything, but here's but here's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would my believe us if we making, said we knew everything. My chair is too. making farty noises. Because it's just like, so if you hear like. <laughs> Adam's, Adam's chair, Adam's chair makes all kinds of farty noises. Yeah. Adam's, <laughs> Adam's Adam makes all kinds of noises <laughs> like that too. You know, it makes it's me like, think. I, the, when I was a kid, you know, the original creep show movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so I good. I loved it as a, yeah. as a kid. Now I, mm-hmm. I, I say I was probably. I don't know. What did he come out? Like 84 or something like that? Maybe 85? 84, somewhere. 85. Yeah. That, that so, golden era of, of horror yeah. movies so in the 80s. I'm like yeah. in fifth grade. Yeah. And and I don't know. I don't know how I came across this or if it if it runs at the very end of the sh- in the movie or something after the credits. Anyway, I, I had on I had recorded off cable a series of outtakes from Creepshow. Okay, and I thought it was the funniest thing Mm -hmm. I had ever seen. These people in full makeup, you know, filming this this horrible scene. And then one of them cracks a joke or flubs a line and everybody starts laughing. And it's so funny to me. Yep. Uh You know, Uh there's there's these creatures coming up the stairs and they're going, you can't kill us. Cause we're already dead. And the other one goes, cause we're already dead. And then the other one says, you already said that. And, and, you know, and I, I just start laughing. I said like, that, cause that's how I would be. Yep. You I know, know. It, it, I can't, I can't pass it up. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if there's a shot at making a, a really funny joke, I'm going to hit it, you know? And yeah. I was like, okay, we can redo it, but I had to do that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the thing. It's mixing that levity. With with the with the the horror, you know what I mean, with the absolute horror that you're facing, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, what would I do in this situation? I'd probably make a joke and then run. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's like, that's how I deal with every situation. You know. Yeah, my wife has said if I ever get kidnapped, they'll probably return me because I won't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I I will be joking on them, making fun of them, everything until they get me to the spot. And then they'll turn right around and take me back because they're like, I, yeah. this dude's an idiot. I can't deal with him. Let's take him back. Yeah. I've I got a gun to his face dude, and he's, he's making too dumb jokes. to be scared. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the, the scene that I picture is Adam is like tied up. They throw him in the trunk and they're driving down this like dirt road. And all you hear from the trunk is, what do you call a witch? <laughs> 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 And they're just like, is this guy? Do you? And and then they're like, can you can you answer me? Yeah, just, it's really it's really boring back here. Can yeah, right. Please just just participate. Laugh something, <laughs> something. Hey, that's did, what I did. The joke land. Good. Tell me if the joke yeah. landed, please. <laughs> that's actually awesome. I want to write that into a movie. Now. Um, full credit will be given to you guys. Um, yeah, but see, this is why. That's why. Like. 
it, it, it you you can go either way with it, and that's why I just I I, I love it so much. And yeah, and uh, you know, after Lonely Hearts, we ended up writing um, this next one called Visitations, which is a vampire horror uh, comedy. And then, the, but the, the, we're doing one in between called Doors, which is it's straight up. There's no humor in it. It's straight yeah. up horror. It's. I was like, let's do something. Sc- like, let's do something to show people we could actually scare them. I saw you know that teaser I mean? that you put up on Instagram for Doors, and I'm like, this is gonna be a good one. I'm going to enjoy that. So guys, I am so excited because the end is just like, it just goes off the rails. Like where, where if, if we could pull it off, which I know that we can, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And we're, we stripped everything down. You know, I'm going to film it with the iPhone and the, this anamorphic lens that I have, uh, that attaches to the phone. So we're, we're really excited about that one, but yeah, that's going to be cool because I, I think, one of the things, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, but the older movies, the 80s, early 90s, those horror movies, the B-horror movies that really caught my attention, they were gritty. They weren't bad. Like, it wasn't bad cinematography. It was just gritty. And it wasn't, everything wasn't with a steady cam. It wasn't clean overlays and, and clean fades to another uh another scene it was gritty and dirty and i'm like that is more scary than if you're sitting watching a clean steady cam shot of uh, a serial killer running at you if you see the bumps in the camera or what i i, I don't know if i'm explaining it right but it 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 makes it more intense and feel like you're there the oh, yeah. sometimes the clean yeah. shots in a in a horror movie it makes you realize this i'm not really here this isn't really happening but if it's a little dirty then you're like this could be right behind me you know uh-huh. it, it really gets uh-huh. you so i i like your idea of doing it um on a phone camera and making it a little more gritty that way yeah we it, it was funny because i i i said to Bethany, I said, um, I was like, let's, you know, we'll do this, um, with, with, with this, I got some new equipment that we're going to be using for visitations. And then I said to myself, no, she has a small space. We're shooting it in her apartment. It's a small space. I was like, but we could still shoot it anamorphic. It could still look like a movie. And we want to do most of it in one take, mm-hmm. you know, cause it has to do it. Ha- it's, it's, it's based on the monkey's paw. That's yeah. like sort of the it's mm. sort of this that you know that knocking. Mm-hmm. So and 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 it has to it 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 has to do with knocking, do, you know, something knocking on doors and her right. following these knocks around because she has all these weird doors in her apartment. Like one doesn't even lead to anywhere; hmm. it just leads to a wall. It's really strange. So she's like, "I want to do something with this." So she came up with this concept, and then I was like, "Wait, yeah, monkey's paw, something like that," you know. So. It's loosely based on that, you know, but it's a real scary five minute tale. And we're oh, guys. I'm so excited. I can't wait because it just goes crazy at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And stripping it down like that, kind of going raw. And like I said, like before we uh, got into the chat, um, sort of punk rock. You know what I mean? Like, let's just shoot this. You, me and like maybe one other person helping us. And like, let's just. Let's just go like raw with yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Plus, it's easier to operate the iPhone, and it looks great. So it's like 
this is perfect. We don't need a huge setup. Let's just do it this way. Right. Right. And, then, and that that's why what you were saying about those movies is these directors, a lot of them were limited. They had limited budgets. They had limited time. They had limited talent, limited scripts. And that's when you get the best work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when you throw money at a problem, it ends up being real bad. But sometimes when you're forced to work within your limitations, you're, you're, you're really forced to be creative. Yeah. And I, maybe that's why I do it the way I do <laughs> and suffer with no crew. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, but you it, know, if it works, it works, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of the thing. And I, I know that when, and, and when I, when I, and I'm about what, I'm about 10 years older than Adam. So the movies that were hot when I were a kid, you know, when, when Friday nights would come, you're in middle school, everybody goes to the video store and you got to rent, you know, horror movies They it were all slasher movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all the, whatever the Friday, the 13th was, whatever, you know, Halloween version was out at the time or, or some of those other ones, you know, like the oddball ones, like. Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, all those. That's oh, that, that's yes. what we watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yep. what that's what Friday night was. Um, you know, until we got a little bit older and we started doing other crap, but that you know, those were the movies I remember watching, like like Basket Case and those those just one off weird weird horror movies that you know, they didn't just terrify you, but they were extremely entertaining yes, and and that's and you just you just watched them and you didn't think you know uh you know mm-hmm. you watched i've just watched this guy dressed as santa kill about three four women right in a row mm-hmm. and i'm not really all that scared about walking upstairs in the dark right you know but i i tell you i i can remember as a kid seeing some that i mean you just you you get done with them and you're like oh I, uh-huh i, I don't it's like the, the, when I when I watched The Ring for the first time, I <laughs> you not, and yeah. Adam will have to bleep that. But. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to be the one that had the body mouth. <laughs> I'm alone in my apartment, and yeah. and as soon as the movie's over, my phone rings, <laughs> and, and I thought, I, I mean, oh, I thought great. I was gonna I was gonna wet my pants. I mean, it was yeah. it was that that quick, and I was like, oh my god. Yep. You know, I, I thought somebody, some one of my friends is watching me, knows I'm doing this, yep. and they're they're messing with me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They, they put it. They put a. They put a camera in the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were watching that you. That's crazy. Here's so, the thing that yeah. So, so go go ahead. I'm no no sorry. no. So what I was gonna was gonna ask you, Dennis, is you know mm-hmm. what what were those movies for you? The ones that stick with you that you're like, yeah, you know, I I remember watching that or I watched it so many times and. Maybe maybe you you work in just like kind of a a reference to it, you know, and pay homage to one of those oddball horror movies. Do you have something like that? You know, Matt, you just asked the magic question <laughs> because I didn't. So when I made Lonely Hearts, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a horror comedy, right? This this whole thing, like the, the 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 vampire hair and the nails and like the 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 like I I wasn't like that a year ago. A year ago, I was like a Wes Anderson hipster preppy kid. You know what I mean? Like that was where I would, that's why I was like, that's where I'm going to go as a filmmaker. And I tend to put on, you know, the, uh, the look 
that I am is what I like to look is. So when you see me, you know what I do. Right. So you see me, you're like, that guy's a horror director. You know, that guy's into some sort of something like that. But um, so after Lonely Hearts, I tapped into horror and how much of it was in my DNA and how much of it was in my DNA from when I was a kid. And if I'm going to take it back, the first movie that had a true effect on me, a, a, a horror movie that I watched. Now, in New York, we had, I mean, I think, Matt, I think you and I are around the same age. Um, because every reference you're saying, I'm like, yeah, no, I get you remember it. That I, was yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. I know that. So in New York City, we had maybe like three channels, right? It was like Channel 11, Channel 5, and like Channel 2, 4. Yeah, it was, it was like mm-hmm. four or five channels. Channel 11 always had some weirdo stuff on like a Saturday afternoon. Always. you would I would always put it on and it was like some weird movie that I've never seen before in my life. And it was always some obscure like horror or, or drama or whatever. Just something I'm like, what is this? So I turn it on one day. It's Mia Farrow in The Haunting of Julia. It was called Full Circle in England when it came mm-hmm. out. That movie freaked me out so bad when I was a kid. Now, I was like, I was so young. I was forming, like my brain was still forming. Yeah. If anyone has not seen that movie, I highly recommend it. It's on Shudder. It's one of the most creepy, eerie, atmospheric movies it almost it, the the cinematography is beautiful. Mia Farrow's performance is chilling, and it is just a haunted house movie, or a, it's like a more like a ghost story. It's not even a, it's not even a haunted house. It's a ghost story, but it was the first thing that made me feel so many things and and start to and start to pick apart movies as I was watching them and go, why did that do that to me? Yeah. Why do I still? Why am I still thinking of this? You know. Mm-hmm. That was the gateway. That was the first one. And like usually for kids who were who were my age at the time, you know, their gateway would have been like goosebumps or whatever. Mine was the haunting of freaking Julia, which is like <laughs> me and Farrah gets her throat slit at the end by a kid. And this was what I saw. And this is and it truly affected me. And so I've always sort of gone back to that in my mind as for like cinematography and stuff like that. But if we want to talk comedy. The movie that was a horror movie that made me understand how you make a movie funny and also scary at the same time and like thrilling and chilling is Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Night of the Creeps was like hands down. Oh, you got yes! Tom Atkins in there. Tom Atkins is the Cary Grant of horror. He's in like every horror movie from the 80s. He's always like the suave older guy. You know, he's just the king. So that movie changed pretty much everything for me i was like wait a minute it could be funny too you know yeah. i didn't yeah. know that i had no idea god and this was i had free this is like oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead, go ahead man. yeah no that is dude if you want to go on like a serious halloween uh, walk down memory lane watch night of the creeps it is it's it holds up so well it's awesome it's funny it's like it's just great. It's so great. I watched it the other day. I bought it on VHS. I have a little. Uh, I I don't know if you can see it behind me, but there's a little TV behind me with a VCR built into it. Yeah. And Night of the Creeps, I had to get. Um. So those were two, the two formative ones. And now, as we're going more and more into like the stuff that really started to form me, The Blob, 1988. 1988 yeah. was a year that is 
like I would say this this stretch of 1985 to like 1988 was amazing. It yep. was amazing. You got and, a lot of movies in that time because Night of the Creeps yes. was 86. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you, you think about that that run. You're right, Dennis. I mean, you're looking at things like Child's Play. Um, oh, yep. my God. You know, which, so yep. good. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything from, I mean, look, I just I just popped it up. 1988, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, that you know, was a good one. That movie is fantastic yeah. it is a masterpiece if you go back and watch it so the fun thing too is going back now and watching them is like night and day because i'm like oh i understand filmmaking now mm-hmm. i see film in a different way so now i understand this on a completely different level yeah you know i understand this movie on a totally different level um yeah so that that was another one. The Blob, nineteen eighty eight. I don't know. Let's go down some of the lists. I'm trying to think what else there was. It's and, funny. And, by by that year, we're looking at at Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was was it Part Five or Part Six that was really good. Part Five. There was one that they did that was a comedy, and it's great. It's fantastic. I think it's Part Five. It's genius. It's absolute genius. It's the I, one where the kid grows up. Uh, yeah, from, from I think from four, so it's probably I think it's five. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure think, it's five. I think you're right. They they all kind of mixed together in my head. <laughs> yeah, because I had I had a traumatic experience with Friday the Thirteenth. I Ooh, I actually saw yep. Friday the Thirteenth, the original, at the theater. And now, if oh you gosh. if you do the math, I was six years old. Okay. Ooh. Because mm-hmm. we had a drive-in theater down the road from my house, and of course, the whole idea was we're going to go. Matt's going to be in his pajamas, and he's going to fall asleep. I mean, it's a double feature. Matt didn't fall asleep. Matt watched yeah. all these movies. I saw the original Halloween, original Friday Thirteenth at the theater. I was like, I'm way too young to have seen these in a theater, but you know, that's that's how it happened. So that I always, you know, had a this little. I don't I don't like scary movies, but I kind of like scary movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I was just I was really too young at the time to separate what's real and what's movie. But as I got right. older, then I, I got to realize yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, these are these turned into huge franchises. And I, I can I can honestly say hey, I saw all these at the theater and, and none of my friends ever did. You know, they all had to rent them or watch them on cable. So it was kind of cool. It it wasn't at the time, but it became cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we when when I was a kid, we always had that one friend who would like you'd 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 go down in his basement and he'd have like this he'd it was like this, you know, this case, he'd take it out and it was all horror. And you're like, Oh my god, my parents will let me watch it. Let's watch this one. Let's watch this one. Let's yeah. watch this one. And then I'd go home and I wouldn't be able to sleep for like days. Mm-hmm. It's like I was just scared. I remember the first nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God. The first the first yeah. time I saw a nightmare on Elm Street was in my friend's basement, my best friend's basement. And he was like, Oh, you've never seen this before? It's great. He puts it on. I didn't sleep for days. Days. I was like an ins- I was a little kid insomniac because it that movie. The first one is so scary. I mean, I think Dream Warriors is the masterpiece. It's like Dream Warriors is what kids should get out of Freddy. You know, your yeah. you, you kids turn into superheroes. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. But that first one is so eerie. Yeah. And so scary. 
it's like awful. <laughs> but what would you say this? Because I've always kind of thought this that Freddy Krueger was probably the first um, horror villain that had a personality, you mm-hmm. know. And 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 there is some there is some comedy in those in those movies because he's got all the quick one liners and and everything. Um, but he was, he was really the first one that you could almost root for in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, you know, and you're right. The original, he, he, they, they built his character to be larger and larger each movie, but that original one, I mean, it, it, it affected me. I remember going, holy cow, you know, and my parents, and I'm, I'm a teenager by this point, my parents were like, I don't know if you should watch this or not. I was like, ah, it'll be yeah. fine. It'll be fine. It was pretty creepy, but yeah. he he had a personality. I mean, yes. you know, he, and you're right. He developed a personality, like starting with two and then going into three. Three is where he really started to become the Freddy that we know and love. He, right. he became like the MTV Freddy. But in the first one, his his the pitch of his voice was lower. Mm-hmm. Um, He was real scary. He was really scary in that first one. And by the third one, you're like, I don't know if I if I don't know if I want to run from Freddy. I think I want to be Freddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have a beer with Freddy. Yeah, you know? I want to hang out with Freddy. Like, <laughs> I want to I want to be in the dream and like do stuff with him. <laughs> you know. So y'all are talking about old movies, right? All these old classic movies, and it made me think: what are some movies that are like Night of the Living Dead by Romero that mm. It when it came out, it shaped every zombie movie after that. So all of the up until here recently, when they've kind of like with World War Z and stuff, they've kind of redone how the the zombies move and act. It, it it shaped how zombies were portrayed in movies from when it came out in I think is the late sixties, wasn't it? Like it was nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Night of the Living Dead was nineteen sixty eight and then Dawn of the Dead, I believe, was like nineteen seventy two or three. Yeah. Five, maybe five seventy five or I don't know. It was in maybe mid seventies. So what are some other movies that you think had the biggest hand in shaping how subsequent horror movies portray the the villain and i've got another question about horror movie villains here in a second for you but sure as neither living dead shaped the zombies what other movies do you think original movies out there shaped the genre for monsters and stuff oh for monsters um i think that monsters really evolved i i feel like if you go you you have to take it all the way back to the creature feature right so Mm -hmm. frankenstein and then, um, and then you've got a creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, everything is sort of based there, right? You know, where I think it, where I think everything sort of took a real hard left, um, is when the Italians got involved. When my people took it all over. <laughs> when my people took the genre over, it was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I, I I'm trying. I'm trying to answer your your question as eloquently as possible. What formed monster, like what, what shaped monsters? I mean, there's there, I, 
there's all sorts of different monsters. There's like Godzilla, there's Gojira, Godzilla. There's there there's the giant kaiju monster, which formed from King Kong. If you want to take it farther back, yeah. I consider King Kong a horror movie. Yeah, I always have. I've always considered that movie a a big monster horror movie. It's scary as hell. Um, and then you've got your smaller creatures, which is like the werewolf and Dracula. If you want to take mm-hmm. you know va- the vampire route. And then you've got the blob, you know, the blob is one of my favorite. Actually, the blob 1988 is one of my favorite remakes. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like what. <sighs> That's a tough question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that. I, you, what, what, what was the question again? Do monsters like how what have they evolved? What the what are some of the original movies that shaped uh, a monster like if you've got and like you said dracula dracula gotcha. would be the first dracula that nosferatu mm-hmm. that kind oh, of yeah. shaped the um the actor portraying it in a certain way shaped how dracula was seen after that like we had an idea from the books mm-hmm. but it was all over and it wasn't until that actor got a hold of it and made it where he's doing the hand thing and and the mm-hmm. very creepy Dracula thing, and I, I don't know there. A lot of movies like that, but I'm having a hard time. Like I'm terrible with movie names, but what shaped <laughs> you the <doing> great? Yeah. <laughs> so so I think you yeah you have to take it all the way back to Universal. That's the birth, right? Like that's I mean like, well like you said Nosferatu, the silent era. Uh, Dr. Caligari's uh, Dr. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari that that can even be considered a monster movie because he's so eerie, mm-hmm. Dr. Caligari. Um, but I think that if you have if you take Bela Lugosi right as Dracula, yeah, um, it shaped so much in terms of where vampires go. Yeah, and I think you can even say that. If you want to take it all the way to 1992 to Candyman, Candyman is sort of like Dracula in a way. It's it's really a gothic sort of that to me is the most modern gothic horror we've had. And I feel like it stems from that universal monster, but taken now into the, the world that is that was 1992 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Putting it in an urban setting. Um so yeah, so I think you could take it all the way back to that and then even predating that what was written down, Mary Shelley, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster really cuz Frankenstein is is the is the um is the scientist's name. Yeah. Um I recently read the original text, the original Mary Shelley Frankenstein text and mm-hmm. it is amazing. Yeah. I mean it is nothing like what Universal did with it. Right. Right. But from all those creature features, I think that's where it all evolved. And then by the time you get to the Italians in the 70s doing, you know, Lucio Fulci doing Zombie 2, which was a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. But it was like had nothing to do with it. And a zombie fights a shark, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got the beyond and you've got you've got like the whole you've got the beyond. You've got um, House by the Cemetery, like all those great Italian sort of zombie creature movies evolving all the way to now where I feel like creatures now creatures now can have more of a story, you know, than they yeah. used to. And yeah. yeah. And I, 
I mean, as a matter of fact, the, the feature that I'm writing, which is called the mess is exactly that. It's a creature feature. It's not a horror. Well, it is a horror, but it's a, it's a creature feature and it's basically like a Frankenstein's monster story. And, but there's so much heart in the monster. And that's what I realized when I went back and I read Mary Shelley's uh, original text was that there's so you feel so much for the monster in that, mm-hmm. which you never really get in the universal movie. Right. Right. You get it in subsequent, like later years, you know, um, in later film adaptations, but man, to take a monster and show their story is like really fascinating to me. I'm sorry. I went on a real tangent there, guys. So Dennis, I, I've mentioned it before, especially when we run our shutter ads, um, shutter.com code grave. Uh, if you want to check out any of the movies that we're talking about, uh, shameless sponsor plug here, use the code grave on shutter and you can get 30 days for free and then watch all of the movies that we're talking about tonight. Um, but I always loved B horror movies. Like mm-hmm. that was the genre that got me. And there for a while I would go to the corner movie store every weekend and I'd rent these B horror movies. Sometimes they had them used. You could buy them. And so I'd buy them and, um, get stuff like eight legged freaks or, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie brotherhood of blood that had Sid no. Haig in it. No. Okay. I've never seen it. You've got to watch it. It's okay. great and horrible at the exact same time. Um, <laughs> it's my two favorite things. Yeah. yeah. It's vampires, but yeah. the prosthetic teeth they have look like you shoved grapes onto the person's teeth. So it's like <laughs> these guys couldn't bite anybody. Like, I don't know. You're going to like polish their neck with these things. You're not going to bite into them. It was horrible, but it's Sid Haig. So you got to love him. And, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a great movie. And some of those, like the eight legged freaks and stuff, they had uh, some of the better, I guess, cheesy monsters to me. Yeah. And, yeah. and even as they, um, come up into like modern day they're still great monsters so you've got all the the cool monsters that are on these b horror movies but what i don't see that i would like to see is more cryptozoology based movies like yeah there's some bigfoot movies out there there's like in the 70s there's uh, some Bigfoot and wild wild boy TV show. Um, there's some. Did you see? Have you seen? And I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I have to with Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Bobcat Goldthwait? Uh, um, no, I want to. It, guys, it's so good. Bethany and I loved it. I, if you want a good crypto movie, yeah, start with that one. It's real good it's a found footage one that's like it's just very it's very good i was shocked at how good it was i heard about it but i hadn't hadn't pulled the trigger on watching it yet but i need to um but i was gonna say i'm unfamiliar with it uh it's i forget the name of it i don't know why it's i don't know why it's I, I, for some reason, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it is such a good movie. It is absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I think you guys would love it too. 
it's really really good um yeah so i i I know exactly what you mean i think that we do need more crypto movies we absolutely need more crypto not cryptocurrency but crypto psychology movies right (laughs) so if you were to creek is the name of willow creek yeah it's so it's so good it's so good i love it so much um yeah you guys should definitely check it out I was kind of shocked at how good it was. <laughs> right. Um, the lead guy could get a little grading, but it's 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 good. It's it's really really good. It's worth it. Worth it. If you were gonna do a movie with a cryptid, what mm. would what would the cryptid be like? What would you think had the most meat on the bone for a cryptid? Because we've got the Mothman prophecies, and yeah. And that was that was good, but like I don't know if I would consider that a cryptid or an alien thing or whatever. But if you were to pick one, and you said, "All right, the next Dennis movie is going to be cryptozoology," what what do you think the monster would be? Man, that's a that's a great question. I've been really fascinated with the um, the Jersey Devil. Yeah, uh, and the pine and the pine barrens. Just because I think the pine barrens itself is so eerie mm-hmm. and so large, and I'm kind of like, what's going on in there? What's happening? Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the Jersey Devil doesn't really get its due most of the time. Um, so I would love to do that. I'm trying to think what else. I'm sure there's another. Um. What what other cryptos are there besides like the big the, the besides the top ones? I'd like to tackle something that was a little less known. But the Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens themselves, like just that surrounding area, mm-hmm. is so eerie. That's where I would I would love to take it there. And there's a woods movie, yep. you know. And I think there's actually something going on with the Jersey Devil because I worked with a guy who grew up near the Pine Barrens, and he told me that he had an experience with the Jersey Devil. And it's this older guy that I don't think would lie to me about it. But like he said one night he was going to sleep, and he heard something in his window, and he looks over there, and he's maybe 10 years old, and he said there's a Jersey Devil right at the window looking in at him. And he flipped out and started screaming and Apparently his mom came in like she busted in the door to see what was wrong and the devil had moved like it wasn't in front of the window. And he told his mom what happened. And he said, my mom, tough old lady, threw that window open and started cussing at the Jersey devil to leave her boy alone. And he said it never came back. But I mean, I like I could like I, I told you. Uh, the other day, Dennis, I when you talk to people, I have this mm-hmm. thing where I can tell if they're serious, like if they yeah. actually believe what they're what they saw or heard or whatever. I can kind of tell, and I think a lot of people can if they actually pay attention. You can tell right. when somebody's blowing smoke up your butt or legitimately believes what they uh, saw, and he legitimately believed that that was the Jersey Devil at his window wow. at ten years old. So. I think there legitimately is something going on with the the Jersey Devil and that Pine Barrens area. And like you said, that whole Pine Barrens is creepy. 
just it's it's so creepy and what i love about it is it's so close to me so i grew up on staten island mm -hmm. which is kind of like it's kind of like the precursor to new jersey if you're yeah. <laughs> if you're like leaving new york you know so some people are like you're not even from new york you're from Staten Island. I'm like, that's more New York than you are. <laughs> so, so, so I think it's just a, it's a place that's always fascinated me. And it's a place that's always sort of scared me mm -hmm. and woods. So I grew up, I grew up across the street from a woods and, um, Staten Island was a bit rural when I was growing up. I grew up there in the seventies and early eighties. So there was more, there was less development and a lot more land around. Yeah. So I grew up loving the woods. And then as I got older, it started to scare me. You know, the stories that I would hear about people going missing and things mm -hmm. like that. And these sort of portals to other dimensions mm -hmm. that they yeah. lie in there, you know, and that's and and so it being that close to me within driving distance, I think it's it's something like where it's that that speaks to me because it's it freaks me out. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it really that story and the pine barrens themselves just totally freak me out so yeah that's something i would love to tackle but more so not 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 about the jersey devil so the jersey devil is a part of it but what's going on in the pine barrens yeah like there's there's some there's some freaky stuff going on I, yeah i think that'd be good and uh, if you need two extras, Matt and I are available. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to put you guys in something. You guys are definitely characters. Yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah, are hundred percent characters. So. Right? Yeah, you just be yourselves. Just put right. the camera on and be like, just say this like you would say. You know that line. Just say it how you would say it. That's that would my, be fun. That's, that's that's my direction to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can work on that. Uh, we should. Yeah, graveyard Maybe it should tales be a, and a crypto adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll get you, you guys, and the Astonishing Legends guys together, right? Because they have some production, mm -hmm. you know, um, they have some production uh, uh, background. Right. Um, we get you guys together, and we put you in sort of like a modern day, let's say like a Ghostbusters situation, but you guys are like exactly who you are. You're podcasters, and yet you're like, wait, I think we, I think we start looking for these, you know, these things out there, and you start going on these like weird adventures that they totally take turn like left turns and they're really funny. That would be cool. <laughs> so like you guys should be going and looking for Bigfoot and then finding something completely different. Like you find the Fae instead, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you, that would be boy, cool. I tell you, you bring something up right there. I mean, you know, with trademark that real quick, just say trademark, trademark. Right? Listen, intellectual property right yeah. here. <laughs> right. We got on, on Streamyard. Oh yeah. Yep. We, we, it's, it's, it's already our intellectual property. So, but the Fay, I mean, you know, there are, you know, when we did that show about the Fay and all mm -hmm. of the things that that encompasses, I mean, you could just pick one and just say we're we're mm -hmm. going with this, you know, we're we're mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna do this strictly on this particular part of the Fay realm and you know yep. just go nuts. Um, yep. You know, Wendigos and Skinwalkers have always been. You know the stories. I love those the Native American legends yeah. about those, and yep. you know I've I've seen a couple movies about skinwalkers. None of them are really all that great. Um, the, the, there's I think there's a handful of Wendigo movies that have have been out before. Yeah, there's one that came out in 2000. I actually saw it uh, at at um 
the Angelica Film Center. I saw it at. It's it's okay. It's pretty good. It's a, it's a decent you know it's a decent ride. But um, but I think that there's another Wendigo movie that we sh- we should get. You know, um, I feel like crypto. I feel like crypto's. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Matt. Go ahead, finish. finish oh no, your, no, 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 no. No, I'm I'm leading you. So you you take off. You know. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like I feel like what you were saying about the the native culture. Uh, and especially the um, Skinwalker is I, I lived with two native gentlemen. They were my roommates right before I decided to live by myself and uh, make enough money to live by myself. Um, and I remember saying, are you guys comfortable talking about it? And they said, no. Yeah. They're like, we don't we don't spe- we don't speak of it because mm-hmm. it's it will follow you. And so it's interesting how their legends and their stories their 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 culture is so rooted in nature and not disturbing it and saying like we respect it we don't talk about it and I, we don't want to talk about it yep you know you th- that means there's something there yeah. oh it yeah means that there's there there's, there's something there when there's that type of respect and sort of fear of br- of bringing something to you that's why i never dismiss people yep when it when it comes to their experiences because I'm like, wait, you're really shook up about this. Like you really did. You saw something, right? Like you, you definitely saw something. So yeah, I, I, I would love to see something be done of quality yeah. that, 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 that lets us know more about the Wendigo and the, and the Skinwalker without it being sort of, maybe it's, maybe it's not so much scary, but it's something that teaches us more about why the legend is so important. Absolutely. To the you know what I mean? Yeah. Because and you yeah. can make that really creepy yeah, too. Cause you're right. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's more than just a scary story. I mean, it's ingrained mm-hmm. in their culture. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, those, those are the absolute best legends are the ones that, mm-hmm. that yeah. are so deeply rooted. Those are the ones that will actually terrify you. I mean, yep. you know, we, yes. we can, yep. we can talk about it. You know, we didn't grow up with that being a, a part of who we were, but you know, when, when you touch on something for, you know, with someone of a different culture and they immediately say, no, you know, we don't, we don't discuss that. Then you understand that to me, that right there, that's terrifying enough. You know, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've, there is a real fear yeah. there yeah. yeah there is a true fear of this thing and bringing that it's like you don't want to bring that into your yeah. house right it's like when someone says you know don't bring this object into your house you have to respect it yeah. yep. you know and that's where the people in the horror movies make the mistake it's always like the people that have the hubris that go ah, i'm gonna do it anyway uh-huh. and then they're dead you know right. yep. <laughs> so so you you have to, there's a certain amount of respect that comes with with these tales you know these 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 tall tales, you have to you have to approach them with respect and with um, with with some 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 fear in you, you know, right, right. <laughs> some fear of these things because I look it it goes into what what I love about you guys, um, what you've touched upon, especially with the Fay, is how things are connected, right? So I'm really been I've been obsessed lately about Bigfoot being an interdimensional being. Yeah. Right. That's it's some sort of time slip, mm-hmm. you know, and they're slipping in and out. Right. Um, 
I love that idea. I think that's so cool because I love the, you guys also did an, uh, an episode recently where there was, uh, not, not recently, but this, I went, I went far back and, <laughs> you know, when I found out about you guys, I went all the way back. <laughs> I listened from episode one until now. Um, there was one about different dimensions mm-hmm. and time slips yep. and that kind of thing. And then doppelgangers, I think doppelgangers fall in there too. You guys just did the doppelganger episode. Uh, who's to say that these things aren't slipping in and out of different events? Skinwalkers, big, big foots, big feets, you know, Wendigos. Who's to say that they're not just sort of in a, some sort of time slip exactly. going in and out. Yeah. And then like, and then you have these places like the Pine Barrens and places in california where a lot of these big big foot are seen what if you know mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put it past the 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 physical state of things that 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 could actually exist yep and, and that's where i i have landed with a lot of this stuff is i don't think they live in our dimension all the time. I think they visit. And Matt and I talked about that with several uh, different cryptids and even with uh, like the flying rods, the skyfish. Um, oh, yeah, that, that was a great one. <laughs> which we got a, a lot of people, like that's one of those topics that people went, nope, it's definitely a, a, a shutter speed issue. There's nothing else. And I'm like, well, for some of that, maybe. But look at that that classic shot of the skydivers, and then you've got the rods coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're not going to have two different shutter speeds in the same frame. Yep. So it can't do that. That, to me, proves that there's something there. So is it that they're flying in and out of our time and space, or are we only seeing part of what they are? As they travel through, maybe it's 16 feet and all we're catching is a leg as it flops through partial in our time and space. And I think the Bigfoot, there's a lot of people that get mad when you say they're either they'll get mad when you say they're fully corporeal or they're not. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can't. There's two separate camps for Bigfoot and they don't really come together and I don't think that they're fully one or the other. I think they are a living, breathing creature, but uh, exploiting holes in our universe. And they're able to come and go as they please. And yeah, they hunt and they're a, a living, breathing creature. But that's the reason why people can be tracking them and then they disappear. Like, mm-hmm. um, with the Patterson Gimlin film and speaking of astonishing legends, we were talking to Forrest and he was talking about, um, they were tracking Patty after that, after the frames on the video that you see, then, um, Gimlin, Bob Gimlin went to track and he was a tracker and he tracked her to a river you see a wet footprint hit a rock and then nothing else. She completely disappeared. So why would that be if they're living, breathing creature and they wouldn't have the footprints to track if they were ghostly 
thing. So I think she got to that point. She knew that's where her her hole to get back home was. And just like we have rats and mammals and stuff that can slide through holes in walls that we can't see, they're so small we don't think anything can get in there. I think big feet, bigfoots, big feetses can do the same thing. Um, they exploit the holes, and and I think if we were to have like I, I don't want to see a like a documentary of somebody going out and hunting Bigfoot because we have that too often. But I think if we were to do a Bigfoot movie, I think there's so much potential in it being a multi-dimensional being that you could create a movie with that and have mostly suspense. You wouldn't have to have the somebody dressed up in a Bigfoot costume the whole movie. You could have most of it suspense and that in horror movies is always pretty scary to me where you don't actually see the monster. Mm-hmm. You just hear it like off to the side you hear as it comes through behind you. You yeah. know, and and that freaks you out. And I think we you could exploit that for Bigfoot and mm-hmm. and use the dimensional slips and everything and create a, a really cool movie that way. Oh, absolutely. And I think that what's really cool to explore with crypto, a crypto movie would be the high strangeness that surrounds yeah. it. Yes. You know, so you have, so exploring Bigfoot, as an interdimensional being, right? And time slips and, uh, or dimensional slips, not time slips, mm-hmm. but dimensional slips and almost treating them like, you know, you, you're, they, they know, they know how, that's their subway. They know how to get from this. They know how to get on this train at this time. They will appear here and then they know how to get out, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the hubris of humanity is always, well, that's impossible, but how do you know? Yep, because exactly. there's so many things we don't know, you know, which which I mean, this this is all leading to like one of the main event things is that like my theory of everything that we're seeing. uh, Not in the skies, but these super fast things that we're seeing that, you know, the Pentagon's getting on camera, mm-hmm. they're coming from the water, guys like that stuff is coming from down mm-hmm. there. I don't, and we don't know what's down there and they're coming up and they're zooming away and they're collecting whatever they want. And then they're going back down. Yep. There's a lot of USO sightings where people see stuff going in and out of the water all the time. And, you know, that goes back to that. Oh, I had to, I'm bad with names. So I'll, I'll think of his name in a minute, but writer researcher from decades ago he said what we see in the sky has always been here Uh the the alien spaceships have always been on earth Uh and they're watching over the earth and and our ancestors saw them and they called them you know gods or whatever and then um modern day we see them and we think they're coming from outer space but they live amongst us and they're basically caretakers of the earth, watchers of the world. Um, he called yes. them WOW. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, I, and that makes a lot more sense to me than something coming from uh, hundreds of thousands of light years away 
to our planet, they're always here. They're just maybe a breakaway civilization that's so much more intelligent than we are. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, the old stuff fascinates me and I haven't seen many movies that do it, that exploit this, but the old gods uh, that have always been here, like uh, you Cthulhu and stuff like that, that was supposedly an old God. Those are the things that creep me out so much because I think of, okay, they've always been here. What kind of power do they have? What can they do? Where are they? And if that's legit, then maybe a lot of this that our ancestors left for us in, you know, there's a monster here is maybe an old God that was just seen more then. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know why, but old gods that have been on the earth forever and you, you can awaken them and, and stuff that gets my hackles up. Like it, it, yeah. it <laughs> yep. creeps me out and I'm like, okay, what if they are real? What if they are behind the scenes of everything that's going on in the world and they are, you know, they're putting their little hand over here and, and changing that a little bit and they're causing this fight and they're, you know, this war and, and it's them orchestrating everything. I mean, it's just, it's creepy. And I, I think it's something uh-huh. that could potentially be true. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and how I think how, how it, it also connects all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The more we're getting, the more we're getting, you know, disclosures and things like that, you know, in a way, I, I, I love the UFO community. Um, especially like somewhere in the skies, it's a great, great podcast. Yep. Um, you know, they're all about research. They're all about, they're not, they're not saying we're here to prove that there's aliens. We just want to know what these things right. are. Yeah. Yep. And how they're connected. And it's such a logical way to think right, of this is like, well, how is this going to, well, okay, but where are they coming from? But with all this stuff like disclosure and things, we're starting to see that even the government's like, we don't even know what the hell they right. are, guys. Exactly. Like, we don't know. Th- th- that whole disclosure thing that came out, they basically were like, we don't know either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we don't know. Which I think yep. we thought we were going to get this big thing. And it's like, they're just, they're just, they're in the, they're more, there's more. I think that there's that the UFO researchers know more than the government does because they're dig- they're digging and digging. And they digging took it and seriously for right. way longer than the government yeah. did. They took it seriously. Yeah. And, and when yeah. you when when you look at that the disclosure stuff that came out, and everybody all all these UFO enthusiasts seem so disappointed at, at what the government said. Personally, I I loved it because they yeah. they uh, they're admitting we don't know we we yep. we're confident that it's not another country. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so beyond that. You know, there, it, whatever it is, uses technology that we don't have yet. You know, we don't we don't have craft that can move like this, and certainly not a craft that can fly and go into water at these mm-hmm. speeds. You know, at, so I, personally, I think that's great because what I did not want to hear is yeah. it's this, it's this, it's weather balloons, it's you know some kind of a yep. 
uh, swamp know, gas. It's an owl. Yeah, it's, it's not, not an, an owl. owl. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, I need you Freaking guys owls. to make a shirt that says it's not an owl and just an <laughs> just like the Mothman. Like it's not Wait. when you guys say it's not an owl. Like, look, same thing with sky rods, right? Like those things are those things could be coming from the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know what I yep. mean? We don't know. We don't know. We have to start admitting that there's stuff that we're, we don't understand. And we may never understand what it is, but let's at least admit it's there. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's at least admit that it's there. Well, like, what? Keep, there's enough people that are seeing these things. Yeah. For, and and then you've got you've got the government trying to cover it up so hard. They're like, no, 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 you didn't see anything. Yeah. Like, no, I know what I saw. Right. I know what I saw. Yep. I think what has kept us back from finding out uh, more than we do about these things like Bigfoot and and aliens and, and skyfish and stuff like that is, like Matt and I have talked about before, no scientist in that community is willing to take it seriously. And you've got mm-hmm. you've got the one or two people that are looking into Bigfoot to, that take it seriously, like Jeffrey Meldrum. Uh, you know, he's a Ph.D. and uh, he studies primate morphology and, and the footprints in these casts of Bigfoot. And he said, this is these are legit casts. He said, yes, mm-hmm. there are some fakes, but these that I'm looking at, they've got dermal ridges. You can see the ball of their foot. You can see their arch. You can see where they're not cookie cutter uh, um, things being put into the the mud because some of them have a, a gimpy toe or they're missing a toe or something. So why are people going to go to those lengths to put dermal ridges and a broken toe into this track? They're not. So these things are legit. But if you say that to most of the scientific community, they laugh you off and right. they say you're not serious. You're going to lose your tenure with schools and, and stuff like that if you do it. So. I think that has held us back from understanding things. And like you said, the UFO researchers, they know more than the government does because they've been taking it seriously and not just saying, oh, that that's kooky and you guys are nuts and mm-hmm. brushing it off for so many years. And I, I, I think we, if we took it more seriously and actually looked into it, we would learn a lot more about the planet. And a oh, lot absolutely. more about the weirdness of Earth. It's not as straightforward as you think it is. And that, I mean, that ties right into these horror movies and, and creature features and stuff like that. Because that could be out there. We don't know. Yes. Under Yes. I, I mean, in the depths of the Mariana Trench, there could be a Cthulhu type creature down mm-hmm. there. And we don't know because we can't get down there to see it. We've sent a couple things down there, but you can't stay down there for long periods of time and explore the whole thing. So there could be a Cthulhu type creature down there that used to attack ships that maybe still does attack ships and we just don't hear about it. The Kraken, all of these things. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, going back, just, just jumping back a few, a few minutes to the UFO thing. What's really sad is pilots are like, oh yeah, we see stuff all the time, but we don't want to say anything because right. everyone will call us crackpots. Yeah, they don't. Yep. And I'm like, do you see it? They're they're like they're seeing it. Why are we Why are we telling people you? 
why do we tell people you're not allowed to say what you saw? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why are, why are we so why are we so judgmental in that mm-hmm. way? Like why are we like you're a crackpot? Yep. When the person is like, "No, I really did." And look, there there are people who do make stuff up. Sure. You know, um but Adam, look, you <laughs> you asked me if I had an experience and I I have been so scared to tell anyone what happened to me when I was a kid because I was like, everyone's going to think I'm nuts, you know, but I know what I saw. Like I saw something, Mm -hmm. um, permission to, to, to tell that story. (laughs) If I may, I know this and I, and I, I have, I have, this is the first time I've ever talked about publicly. So, and I, and I feel safe telling you guys, because this is why I, this is why I believe every, everyone, when they say they've seen something, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have theories about my own experience. So it was Christmas Eve and we would spend it on Long Island with my, um, with my uh, grandparents on Long Island. We'd stay like real late and then we'd come home like three or four in the morning. We'd come home. And so we were emptying the trunk and my sister went upstairs. I think she just went straight to bed and I stayed behind to help my parents, you know, move stuff inside. My mom and my dad went inside and I heard and I guys, I, but I will tell you my theories. Um, I heard sleigh bells. I swear. I was mm-hmm. like, what? And it was like the Doppler effect. So they were far away and I'm like, okay, someone's, it must be someone outside like doing something, whatever. And then as clear as day, I hear them getting closer. And then through the sky, I see a trail of lights. And then right in the front, there's a red dot. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. And I'm a kid. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm seeing him. He's here. This is it. This is happening. And this thing goes across the sky and then it disappeared. And I was like, okay. And I told my parents, I was like, I just saw, I, I think I saw him. I think I saw him. And my mom was like, you've got some imagination, kid. It was like, you know, Patterson <laughs> Gimlin, you know, mm-hmm. Gimlin yep. or was it Patterson? He was like, this, I could have, this couldn't have happened to the, to the worst person. Like yeah. no one's going to believe me because I've, and I wasn't, a, I didn't fib when I was a kid. I wasn't a liar, but I had a overactive imagination. Right, right. Do I think I saw a flying man with a red suit? No, but I saw something. And I don't know if my child brain said, I'm going to help you deal with this. So I'm going to let you see this instead of what you mm-hmm. what you think you saw. However, that night I saw something and I don't know what it was. And I know that sounds insane, but like I saw something. I saw lights in the sky and I heard something. Yeah. I, and that I was think, my only experience. I've never had a paranormal experience. I've never had anything, but I told Adam, my theory is that I saw a craft or something and my childhood brain said, here's how we're going to yeah. deal with this. Yep. And I, I think so that could be it. Or um, like I had brought up to you, there is the, the theory of screen memories where mm-hmm. uh, abductees or experiencers will be driving down the road. And they'll get abducted or they'll see a craft. But later, when they recall it, it's not a craft. It's a burning car flipped upside down. Right. It's something that 
was implanted in their brain to make it seem mundane or uh, I think one of them, I can't remember if it's Whitley Strieber or somebody who had the um, giant white owl that always showed up and it turned out through hypnotic regression that it was not an owl. It was little green aliens, you know, the, the gray right. aliens. So uh, it could be that, yeah, you saw a craft, but maybe you had more of an experience than what you remember. And that was implanted into your, your subconscious as it was Christmas. You're a kid. We're going to make you think it was uh, Santa and the sleigh so that, right. People will obviously not believe you when you say you saw Santa, but mm -hmm. it will cover our tracks and all that. And I've been told by people because alien movies freak me out. Like that's I, I just don't watch many movies with aliens because it gives me the heebie jeebies. And I've I've had a couple of people say, Well, could that be because you have had an experience? You've been abducted and that in the back of your mind creeps you out. And I'm like well, maybe, but I don't freaking want to think about that because that creeps me out even more. <laughs> but, you know, so you'll say this from that moment on, I, I fully went in on UFOs mm -hmm. from that moment on when I was a kid, I fully went in on, well, I saw something, you yeah. know, and I've, I've held that story back. I told my girlfriend the other day and she was like, do you know what you, do you, do you, do you, I mean, I could see this memory like clear as day. Mm -hmm. Like this was not, I did not imagine this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I know this was not my imagination. I know this was not me being overtired. Yeah. I was lucid. I was up. It was cold. I was like snapped out of being like, you know, in the back seat uh, of the car. Like I, I, I just, I know I saw something, Yeah, you know, and it freaks me out to this day. Like if there's that, if, if our souls, whatever happens to us after we die, if there's someone that says, what's the one thing you really want to know? Like, you know, that you couldn't, that you're, I'm one of, I'd be like, what, what did I see? Yeah. yeah. What did yep. I see that night? Like, just tell me what I saw, you know, like yep. what, what was it? If this was a prank, you know, or if this was like some sort of thing that someone did, I will say it is the most amazing special effect I have ever seen because I clearly it would it like hovered over the houses what was weird is though it was one sh straight line it didn't move it wasn't like going up and down I couldn't see mm -hmm. I just saw lights go like this yep and it was like in that speed too I mean no one could see this uh, who's just listening but it was just a steady speed with no movement and I was like what the hell and like I just followed it and it just disappeared you know behind the houses at some point Yep. crazy so it, you know it probably was a craft that you saw and it, it's either like you said that's just how your your kid brain dealt with it dude right. due to the the timing and and you know you weren't at that time thinking oh hey ufos you were thinking right this is christmas mm -hmm. it's santa but there was something there and you know you saying that's why you don't um judge people and you don't say no you didn't see that that's exactly how i feel about the sleep paralysis that i've had oh, you know people so you have, okay yeah, yeah people will you, so that's scary 
Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. Uh, people will say, no, sleep paralysis, it's all a dream, and you're really not awake. You just think you are. Nope. I've had it happen many a time, and you can ask Matt. I've told him about it afterward, and he knew I was not lying and when, I, when I told him about it. It happens, and maybe there are some that dreams like that where people think that, but that's not what mine was, and I don't think that's what all of them are because I've had it, and I've had an entity in the room when I had sleep paralysis, so I know it happens, and so I, I don't tell anybody that, no, you didn't see that, you didn't. Um, you didn't experience that because I've been told that before too. And I, I know for a fact I experienced it. So mm-hmm. who, who are, who are we to judge anyone on what they saw or didn't see? Yes. And how brilliant is it to have a kid see something and then him go, I think I saw Santa. Mm-hmm. Of course you're going to be like, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you made that up. So how brilliant, whatever I did see, you know, my brain went to that and it's like, I couldn't make up anything. You know what I mean? Like I could literally make up. Why would I make up that? Like what? I would never want to stand in a room and be like, yeah, no, I think I saw Santa. You know, like I've never done it in my life. I've never done it in my life because I'm like, I never want to, I never want to tell anyone that, you know what I mean? It's because I'm like, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. You know, but it's as as I got more and more into the, you know, as I got more and more into listening to experiencers and, and whatever they were going through, I was like, well, it's possible that I just camouflaged it in my mm-hmm. head. And sleep paralysis, I think, is something that's so unique and it's so scary. And damn anyone who says, oh, you don't have that, you know, ah, it's just it's just who are they to say they're not the ones that have gone through it. Yep. You know what right. I mean? Yep. So I think it's important for us to listen to people who have had experiences. And I think, look, we're all, if you're a good judge of character, you can tell who's telling the truth and who's not, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, like I can pretty much be like, all right, well, I think that you might be, you know, you, you might be, it might be something else, but there are those other people who they just talk about it and they're like, no, this really happened. And there's a look in their eye yep. and you just know, yep. you just know they're telling the truth. So Yep, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, heading back to the to the movie things, and then we got into the UFO stuff. You know, th- yeah. those are the those are the scary movies that I I used to always gravitate to, and some of my favorite, maybe maybe not maybe they're not considered horror. Um, I think a couple of them are. Um, is that science fiction horror? Um. Event mm-hmm. Horizon yeah. is one of my favorites, and and it's just mm. it's, oh, that's so good. It's a, it's a psychological thing, um, you know, mm-hmm. and it and it really it really pulls you in. I mean, you see what these 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 characters these these nightmares that they have these these horrible fears that are just brought to life in front of them. It's terrifying, and then the isolation of space is also mm-hmm. quite terrifying. The original alien. I mean, you know, it, it it's terrifying, you know, when yep. you, when you really break it down, but it's so well done that, you know, you, you watch it. And, and I remember watching, rewatching it as, as an adult going, this is such a good movie. 
I mean, beyond the subject matter, beyond the special effects, it's just such a good movie. It's so well written, and and just mm-hmm. you get that feeling of hey, we're we're out here in literally the middle of nowhere, um, and this mm-hmm. is going on. And and one other, what more more current was um, Pitch Black. Do you remember remember that Pitch Black? I mean, great. just yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fantastic to- movie. Yeah, to add to that too, Sunshine, Danny Boyle, Sunshine is fantastic. It, it a lot of people thought it was a science fiction, but it 100% is a science fiction yeah. horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's really great. I highly recommend it if you guys haven't seen it yet. That I is, haven't seen that one. Me either. It's so good. Sunshine is fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, uh, Just going back to Alien for a second. They they did a novelization of the William Gibson's Alien uh, William Gibson's Alien Three script, the, the original, mm-hmm. um, the one that was supposed to get made, and then they made the one where like Newt and and Bishop and uh, and um, God I forget and Hicks die, you know, the, and she's on that weird planet with all those prisoners. So there's this movie that William Gibson, who wrote Neuromancer and all that, all those great sci-fi books, he's a master. He wrote Alien Three, and they not and they made a novelization of it. I'm reading it right now, guys. It's amazing. I'm like, oh, why didn't this movie exist? It's like <laughs> Newt's in it, Hicks is in it, Ripley's like in a coma the whole time. It's amazing. It's so it's such a great great read. So I highly recommend that. Um, Alien is probably one of the best s- horror movies yeah. that exists. It's a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. It's the scariest. It's so scary because it's so claustrophobic. And here's the thing. You love every single one of those characters. You're you're on their side. You want them to win and they're losing yeah. at every turn. Yeah. <laughs> every like one of them is just, just getting nothing they can do. Pummeled. There's nothing they can do. And when you love the characters, I mean, I think that this is a great This is what we this is why I think horror is important and why I love horror is that you feel sympathy. For people when you feel sympathy for people or you can sympathize with either the villain or the people who are running from the villain mm-hmm. you have a successful film you know um that's why we love all of the final girls you know <laughs> that's why we love we're rooting for them we're rooting for the laurie strode some are rooting for the michael myers but there are those two characters those two quintessential characters that really the central figures you're rooting for and i think that was the magic of alien too is that Every person on that ship I loved. And when mm-hmm. they all died, I was like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. They're all yeah. dead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Well, that that's the cool thing about that movie is it doesn't end the way you would think a movie. Like you think in the end, the hero's going to win and, you know, maybe a few of them will die, but not everybody die, which then makes mm-hmm. you think is the, the xenomorph, the alien, is that the hero of the movie? Since right. all the rest right. of them, you know, if you're looking at it in a different way, uh, did we think the hero was the bad guy this whole time? Maybe we mm-hmm. had the the hero and villain switched. And that, that's one reason why I liked that movie is because that's what I thought at the very end of it. I was like, so why did all these people die if they were the hero? Maybe they're not right. the, the yeah, hero. They, Maybe they they're the, the outsiders. Yep. They're the antagonist mm-hmm. and, and the aliens, the protagonist. So. One thing yep. about that movie, and, though, that I it, it's absolutely yeah. 
it gives me the chills even now and i know it's coming is just that the periods of of revelation where they realize mm-hmm. before they ever see the alien they realize something is going on when they see all the eggs when they when they're entering that room on that ship and they they see the size of what was piloting that ship you know when they 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 look at the end and then you realize oh, that's not a structure that is so, you know a being that is enormous mm-hmm. and you know it was so cool that they mm-hmm. you know they used the the actors kids in spacesuits to film that scene where they're crawling in there to make them look that much smaller. Um, yeah, you know, yep. this was, yep. it was done before they could just, you know, you know, CGI, these little, little actors in there, <laughs> you know? So it just has that feel of you just, you realize like when the actors realize, Oh dear Lord, you know, what, what yep. have they found? Mm-hmm. And, and I, that's why yep. I love and it. One of the most, yeah. And I, going back to the whole like CGI thing, what's great about the older films uh, and the films that we grew up with, which are now considered older films, which is really funny. You know, those films were, you couldn't have a budget where you could show the alien all the time. So, so much of it was based on what you didn't see. So there's a scene. Remember when the scene, you see a little blip on the map and then the other blips getting closer and closer Blip, 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 mm-hmm. blip, blip. It's right behind you. And he turns, and that's when you just see the alien like open its mouth. That was terrifying. Just a yeah. blip yes. on a two blips on a screen was terrifying because you know, oh no, it's right behind you. It's right behind you. Yep. To be able to build that tension without CGI, without something being there. That's the horror that yep. I love. Yep. The stuff Same. that's unseen, yeah. you know? What? Yep. Uh, it just same with me. What is it? Is it? It's that suspense of waiting for the the jump yeah. scare that's scarier than the jump scare. What is, is it? Is it hard to kill? The it, I'm almost positive it's a Steven Seagal movie, where the line is the anticipation of death <laughs> is worse than death itself, and you know I think that it I think that might be you know, that, but might, that, be, that, that might be hard to you know, kill. To, to be a, a filmmaker and to keep that in the forefront when you're making a horror movie is brilliant to me because that's you you want your audience to feel that to feel that anticipation mm-hmm. coming i know yep. i know it's coming and i'm trying to prepare myself and i can't and it's going to get me anyway yep. yep and especially i love the yep. movies where it's like don't open that closet door don't open it. and they open it and the cat jumps out and you're like oh and then yeah. bam, then they get you. <laughs> yep. Yep. The first oh, jump the scare is nothing. And then all of a sudden, uh, crap, there's the real yeah. one. Now, if you guys want one that's real tense, it really, it, it shreds your nerves at every, at every angle. It's this new film called caveat. It's great. It's on shutter. Our, 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 our friends at shutter. Of, I've heard <laughs> that. I've heard that title. I have not looked into it yet, but. Oh, it's so it. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorites, probably in the last like you know five years. This that one really stood out because it's so nerve shredding. Like there's not a lot of fancy camera work. It's a lot of just static shots, but this creeping dread at every turn. 
and it is oh it's amazing I'll i love have to it check absolutely it out. love it yeah. yeah please do especially because we're in spooky yep. season guys oh <laughs> Best yeah season of them all <laughs> i'm telling we're, you we're playing we're playing through squid game right now oh, oh yeah. you know what i'm doing midnight mass have you guys well, watched that yet i've no, seen not it yet. we want to watch it but i still i, I still have small kids and I've heard and good they, things about it. They but. they like to migrate to you know our television mm. time is is at night, mm-hmm. and they will migrate in, and we just haven't been able to have the opportunity to start watching something that's really scary without them being aware yeah. that that's what's going on or hearing it, and mm-hmm. you know then then it's over. Then it's a week's worth of waking up with a foot on your face, well, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> If you just just start the movie being nude, and they'll walk in and go, oh, never mind, and turn now, around and walk out. My kids will be like, oh, we're doing this tonight. <laughs> nude Close movies. Off. Great. <laughs> Naked movie night. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight Mass is great, though. Mike Flanagan, one of my favorite, uh, favorite hard directors. Ouija 2. Oh, my God. Ouija 2. So- Took a bad movie and made the sequel even ba- made the sequel like outstanding. Have you yeah. guys seen I have not. Ouija, Ouija two? Not not two. No. If you dig into uh, uh, Mike Flan, I think it's Mike Mike Flan. I'm pretty sure it's Mike Flan. If you dig into his oeuvre, he's he's a fun director because he's done Midnight Mass. He did Doctor Sleep. He did you know um, uh, uh, Ouija two is my favorite. I I loved it. But even his first movie that he shot with like his like Canon E three whatever it's it's great he's just a great he's a he's a guy that gets like emotionality yeah out of every one of his stories um as well as make it really bone chillingly scary but midnight mass if you can sneak away from the kitties it's great yeah it's great there's a lot of there's a lot of character and depth and emotion in in, in the storytelling so it's like it's more than just horror with with with, with good old mikey flanagan yeah. yeah, we're we're de- I'm gonna, it's definitely on the on the watch list. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to do it. Uh, pull the trigger on and actually do it. So Dennis, I, I want to thank you for coming on and doing our our Halloween special with us. Um, I can't tell you how much fun we've had talking horror yeah. movies and and just everything with you. It um, probably. Our our favorite Halloween episode that we've done so yeah, far. So absolutely. Oh, thank you very much. Thank this you. is this thank has been great. So I I can't I can't, I mean I can't thank you guys enough. This is awesome. It's an honor. It really really is an honor. And I'll uh, continue to stay in touch and and continue to watch or listen to the show, um, and just look forward to every every week that I have with you guys, yep. <laughs> whether, and, you know, whether it be on Instagram or in my ears, as I'm doing my walk through, <laughs> through my own, through, through my own graveyard, there you go across the street from me. You know, I'm, I'm really honored and it's been a, a real, real pleasure yeah. guys. Well, be sure to, to thank uh, Miss Bethany for um, turning you on to the graveyard there. So let me tell you something. She's real. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's real. She was like, I said, I said, hey, guess, guess what? The the Graveyard Tales guys asked me to be on the show. And she went, oh, <laughs> that's just great, isn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, she's really happy. She actually says she told, she told me to send you guys her love 
and that she she says she loves you guys and um yeah she's a huge fan of you guys well, ne- so. next time we'll have to have you both yeah. on yep we oh, can do yeah. that she's 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 a good one to have on by herself she's fun well, <laughs> she's a lot of fun we'll do yeah. a follow-up to this one and and either have her or have have y'all both on that'll be cool we would love to double we 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 we, we could do a double team it's it's uh we uh we've been told we're a good we're a fun interview together so awesome we'll do I actually it. let her talk you know in between me <laughs> in between me yapping away she actually gets a word in so <laughs> right on well dennis thank you and uh, we'll holler at you soon thank you so much guys this was great all right we want to thank dennis callow again uh for joining us for our halloween episode just we had a blast. It's such a good time uh, talking to Dennis. You know, he's he's a he's a big fan of the show, but uh, he's a good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, we we appreciate him so much for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Um, Especially remember- with the time difference and him being multiple states away and all that. It, <laughs> That's right. It, it was a little later for him than it was for us. So we That's do right, appreciate right. that. We, we, we kept him up late tonight. <laughs> but please go and check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. And you can become a patron. And we appreciate everyone who takes time to donate to the show. We try to try to give you some goodies that make it worth your money. Uh, and seeing the video from tonight's show will be uh, extra fun you know to see the three of us just hanging out and talking mm-hmm. um don't forget to uh check us out on facebook and our facebook group uh it's one of the best you're gonna f- come across i promise you that um and don't forget to rate and review us on itunes it helps bring the show up the charts but it allows people to find the the graveyard easier mm-hmm. it just brings more people here So thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy Halloween. And until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. Happy Halloween. (laughs) A witch metallic? Yeah, that's good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's it's fix the dad joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you can't invite a director on. He'll start giving you options. That That's true. You could say this or this. Either one of those is fine. Either one of those
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 